I want to ask you a personal question. Do you read my newsletter, Leadership Forward 321? Because if you don't, I really think you'd like it if you like this podcast. Every Wednesday morning, I send a short newsletter designed to help you lead your organization more strategically and with less overwhelm in five minutes or less. The newsletters are organized around a timely leadership theme and give you something practical that you can apply right away in your organization. I include three of the best articles that I've come across on that theme, two concrete resources or tools that I believe in, and one quote to inspire and motivate you. So if you don't yet get the newsletter, I'm going to make it super easy for you to sign up. Just text the word IMPACT to 66866 and you'll be added to my list. Thanks. Hi. This is the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, and I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Each week, I do a deep dive into the mindset and strategies and tactics and tools of scaling an incredible, high-impact nonprofit. I'm so glad you're here. So I want to start today's episode with a question. Do you ever feel overwhelmed leading your organization? So that's a trick question. (laughs) I was a nonprofit leader for almost a decade and a half, and I work with and coach dozens of nonprofit leaders every year. So I already know the answer. Yes, yes, you do. The threat or the experience of overwhelm is a really common theme in the work that I do and the conversations that I have and the questions that I get asked. So in today's episode, I want to share a really concrete framework that I have learned slash developed over the last 25 years that I really think will help you turn the tide on your overwhelm, starting from the ground up or the inner core, the core we'll say, depending on the metaphor that you prefer. We're going to talk about what I call my aligned anchors framework. The three foundational anchor documents in your organization that must be in alignment for your nonprofit to be sustainable and for you to ward off overwhelm in the long run. Now, fighting overwhelm is a long game. Sustainability is a value. It's a practice. So nothing I'm going to share today is going to sort of solve the problem or answer the perennial question of how to never feel overwhelmed. But I am going to illuminate some of the warning signs that may be showing up and letting you know that perhaps there's this misalignment that is fueling your overwhelm, like trouble connecting with your donors or friction on your team, maybe feeling like you have the wrong people on your team or the wrong roles. And I'm going to show you what to change to begin to fix the problems from the inside out. So that the wellspring from which your energy and your inspiration and your motivation, your strategic decisions, the wellspring from which all of that comes starts to feel simpler and clearer and calmer. And what trickles up then is less overwhelm. So let's start at the beginning. The basis for the Aligned Anchors Framework is this. One of the wellsprings, I realize I'm using that word wellsprings a lot. I think I may have read it recently somewhere. I know it's like showing up everywhere. So one of the causes, deep root causes of overwhelm is confusion. When you have 15 different decisions to make and 20 balls to keep in the air, and when it isn't immediately obvious how those things are related to one another, so it feels like you are making 
multiple decisions every day, all the time. And it's not clear, you know, how this next hire will impact both your budget and your program growth, for example, or, or how you should be thinking about engaging these new board members that you're bringing on to help with an upcoming funding cliff. Both of those things are weighing on you and you know that they're related and you know that there's some sort of scenario where you could leverage one to help with the other but figuring it all out on the go in between meetings is exhausting. Here are a few ways that this type of confusion might be showing up. Some of the warning signs that I talked about. Board members who won't help with fundraising or fundraising, which often shows up as disengagement, right? Disengaged boards, we might diagnose that as a problem with the board members, and it might be, it could also be this misalignment, this deep misalignment of the three anchor documents that I'm talking about here and we'll dive into. You could also find that it takes more effort to find and activate the right donors. And fundraising feels a little bit like a slog, right? It feels really hard to have investment level conversations with the kinds of funders and donors that can help you grow and stabilize, who can be partners you can see that they'd make good partners, but somehow that's not getting across and somehow you still feel like you're sort of inching your funding towards meeting your budget every year, scratching and clawing to bring in the money you actually need to sustain, much less grow your impact. It could be showing up in hiring in your team also. You could be hiring the wrong people, right? And you look around and you're like, oh, I just made that hire and that's not the right fit. This person's not the right fit. Or you look around and you feel like you have the right people, but they're not in the right roles and things aren't clicking. They're working super hard, but it feels to them like they're spinning their wheels and they keep coming to you, asking about their goals, asking you to clarify the vision, tracking the wrong outcomes. So you feel like you're really the only one moving the vision forward. You could also be afraid to hire. I get this one a lot. You know that you need more capacity, but you can't quite see how everyone's going to fit together and which hire should be first and what that would do to your budget. And if you hire sort of higher up in the workflow, can you afford that? And can that person do all of the things that you were going to hire the associate to do? All of this is overwhelming. And these are really typical questions that growing organizations and leaders of small nonprofits have to navigate. Now, as a leader, when each of these situations and experiences and decisions is separate and distinct, and like I said, sort of squeezed in between meetings and fires, and when you can't see far enough down a workflow, or you can't see how one set of decisions impacts another set of decisions, it means you can't delegate to someone else to strategize. It means it takes more work to plan when decision fatigue is real, hence overwhelm. So the answer is this, you need meaningful alignment between the three foundational documents that serve as strategic anchors for your organizational stability, sustainability, and growth. That's why I call it the Aligned Anchors Framework. These documents are your strategic plan, a true cost budget, and your strategic finance plan, or some organizations call it a strategic fundraising plan. 
Healthy, stable organizations have all three of these, a plan, a budget, and a fundraising plan, and they talk to each other. But so many organizations build and talk about each of these in isolation. There's a strategic planning process that happens, hopefully, every three years, and maybe a work planning process that happens every year. And that is often at a totally different time of the year than the annual budgeting that's done with the budget and often with the board and often doesn't even involve the rest of the team. And then there's the fundraising planning, which for a lot of people is some series of conversations about when to have the annual gala and when to have the annual campaign, which hint, spoiler alert, is not actually a strategic plan, right? Those three things are happening, but they're happening in isolation. They're happening in silos. In reality, these three documents and the relationship between them is the key to everything else. They have to talk to one another and build on one another in order for the organization to have a stable foundation on which to build the team, the board, the funding, the programs. If these three documents are not aligned, then your decisions will be less strategic. They're going to lack direction. And it can take the entire organization off course. And that sense of balls in the air sort of spiraling out you know, like an expanding universe and you as the leader having to somehow wrap your arms around it and hold it all together in some form of container, that is a big part of what fuels your overwhelm. Now, before I continue, if you're already thinking, oh my gosh, does this sound like me? Overwhelm is a real problem and I'm ready to get to the root of it. The best next step for you is to check out my new Aligned Anchor Strategy Bundle. I've pulled together a curated and actionable bundle of trainings and templates to walk you and your team step-by-step through how to bring your core documents into alignment. It's highly tactical, and you can use it whether you're new to strategic budgeting and fundraising or to audit and refine existing plans so that they can do a better job of helping you avoid your overwhelm. The bundle has three things. Number one, you'll get a step-by-step training in both video and audio that walks through the exact process for implementing everything I'm talking about here, creating real alignment between your strategic plan and your budget and your fundraising plan. Number two, it's going to give you fill-in-the-blank templates for each element of the Aligned Anchors framework, including a one-page strategic plan that communicates your vision with a kind of clarity and conciseness required for board development, for fundraising, for hiring, a true cost budget template that you can customize for your own organization and a fully customizable strategic fundraising plan. Third, because everyone loves a good example, you get a library of models and examples of strategic plans, as well as fully mapped examples of the three aligned documents. Together, I really believe that these resources will set you and your team up to navigate year-end planning and budgeting. And that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this podcast now and releasing this bundle now, you want to go into your year-end planning and your year-end budgeting from a perspective of strategic alignment and long-term sustainability, and it will set you up for far less overwhelm going into 2024. You can get the bundle at brookwitchybabbage.com backslash anchor bundle. So now let me walk through how the alignment actually works and how it helps fight overwhelm. It all starts with your strategic plan. Now, Many of you have heard me talk about this. It's a little bit of a rant for me. I have very deep thoughts 
about strategic plans and strategic planning. I think way too often organizations spend more money and more time on strategic planning than they should. And they wind up with a 20 page document that you spent seven months talking about and creating and meeting about, and no one actually uses it. And that's really frustrating. And it is a misallocation of resources. What you actually need in a strategic plan is a concise, clear document that paints a picture of where your organization is going and how it will get there. Your vision for impact, your priorities, and your goals. That's it. Now, I personally am an advocate for the one-page strategic plan that captures the crux of your strategic clarity. You have a longer document for internal purposes and for marketing purposes. But when you get to the point that you can articulate your strategic vision, your priorities, and your goals in one page, you know that you have sufficient clarity to use that information in that document to grow your organization. True strategic clarity means having a clear set of priorities and goals that people know, that they understand, meaning your board really understands where are we going and why are we saying yes to these things and no to those things, right? That's where the, the sort of um, energy and clarity for their own fundraising and fundraising comes from that understanding of the priorities and the goals and the vision for impact and that you and your team can actually use to guide decision-making. Right. This document it what is what tells you and your board and your team, your potential donors, your funders, exactly what you will and won't invest resources in, where you will and won't allocate money and time, and what you will and won't be accountable for achieving and why. This is what you're asking people to buy into. The strategic vision is how the right donors will find you and will know that yours is the mission and the impact they want to invest in. It's how you're going to know who to hire next. And then after that, everything starts with this. Now, that was my rant. That was a mini version of my rant. Next comes your true cost budget. Now I call it a true cost budget because it tells the story of what it actually costs to achieve what you want to achieve. Simply put, it uses numbers to tell the same story of impact that is in your strategic plan. So when I say these two documents have to talk to one another, I mean that you want your strategic plan. And if you do annual work planning, which you should, your annual uh, version of your strategic plan, right? So you have your long-term plan and every year you annualize it. You take sort of take the whole plan and notch it down to, okay, what are the priorities and goals based on these long-term priorities goals that we're going to be on the hook for this year, right? So you know what your strategy is for the year. It should really be like a book with words on one page and pictures on the adjacent page, right? They tell the same story. The pictures are the numbers. Your true cost budget has to be perfectly aligned with and tell the exact same story as your vision for, for strategic growth and impact. Whatever your priorities and goals and plans are, and this is how I like to explain it in, in my coaching groups, whatever you said you're going to do, right? You're prioritizing, you're putting stakes in the ground. The number and location and scope of programs, the staffing you'll need, the partnerships that will help you grow, the IT and tech needs that you're going to have, the marketing and communications you're going to want to do. There are costs associated with every single element of your planned impact. Little costs, big costs, everything has a cost. 
And so there has to be true alignment between your plan and your budget. If your vision includes, for example, national expansion, I happen to work with a lot of organizations that are in recent years thinking about expansion. I think honestly, COVID and pushing organizations to rethink what program um, implementation looks like and creative ways to reach new people has led to this interesting, um, not even a resurgence, sort of growth in thinking outside of the borders um, of their immediate physical community. It's it's really interesting, this trend. But so, so this example is top of mind for me. So if your vision includes some kind of expansion, then that has to be reflected in your budget as certain types of hires, as development of new curriculum, as expanded investment in evaluation, right? There are costs associated. If your priorities are around, say, a thought leadership, right? That has to show up in your budget. Lines for marketing, lines for social media, perhaps, lines for research, lines for editing. Again, little costs, big costs. Lines for traveling to conferences or paying for a speech coach. This is something that um, a woman that I coach just started working with, a wonderful keynote speech coach. Right? These are things that when you sit down with your strategic plan for the year and your budget, Rather than going back to last year's budget and saying, how much did we raise? And now let's add 10%. You actually want every year when you do your budget, you want your budget to start by looking at your plan. What did we say we want to do? Now let's map out the costs, right? So that your true cost budget paints a clear picture of how you're allocating resources to support your priorities and your values, right? How much are you spending on benefits? Are you, if you live in New York, are you allocating money towards Metro cards? Or if you live somewhere else towards gas for program participants? Are you paying for retreats for your board to show that you value that, that concentrated team building time? This is really important. It's this alignment between your strategic vision and your budget that actually prepares you for investment level conversations with major donors and long-term multi-year funders who can be partners in your growth. When they say to you, what do you need? And you say, well, last year we raised 500,000. And so this year we're looking to raise, you know, 550. Well, that's one answer. And obviously it would be <laughs> not that simple, but when that's the, the crux of what you're saying, that's one, that's one invitation. That's one vision for how you're thinking about your money and your impact. When you say, let me walk you through our priorities for the year. Here's why we're prioritizing these things and not these other things. Here's the kind of impact we think we can have. And it costs $750,000 to do this thing that is exciting that we just described to you. That's a really different invitation. It is a much more compelling invitation. Right? When you sit down to think about who do I need to hire and you start with your plan, and you map out your budget and you say, if we want to expand and deepen our programs in this community, we need more social workers. My current team can't, can't handle that expansion. They will burn out. So if that's what we want to do, then we need more social workers. And actually, it's really important to me and to us as a value that we build from the inside. So actually, the next hire is not going to be three more social workers. I'm actually going to invest in professional development for two of the 
folks that we have, the counselors we have on our team. And we're going to invest so that six months from now, they can step into this social worker, this sort of frontline social worker role. That's how you're talking and thinking about your plan communicates with and is aligned with how you think about how you spend your money. And that decision to invest in professional development and not two new hires right out of the gate, that's a budget decision. Those two decisions tell the same story. So to recap, you got your strategic plan, you have your budget that tells the story of how much that plan will cost, how much that strategic work plan is going to cost. And then the question must be, what do we need to do to raise the money we know we must raise? Right? We know what it costs. We know that this is the cost of our impact. And that brings me to the final anchor document, your fundraising plan or your finance plan. Once you know what your impact looks like and the plans to get there, and you're crystal clear about how much it costs, then you can have a meaningful conversation with your board, your funders, and your staff about how to raise that money. Just like organizations will go through a budgeting process that's divorced from their strategic plan, their annual work plan, so many organizations ask me to help them craft fundraising strategies right around this time of the year from broadcloth. And my first question is always, well, what are your strategic priorities and what's your budget? What do you want to do and how much does it cost? Your priorities are going to shape everything from the kind of donors and funders that you approach to the themes of your campaigns. If you are leaning into education, or I'm working with an organization that focuses on community health, and this year they're really looking at food insecurity, well, they're gonna talk to different kinds of donors that have a different kind of affinity. They're gonna talk to different kinds of funders. They might organize their campaigns differently during the year, right? Your vision for impact that's in your strategic plan that's what your board is going to use to identify the specific people in, the, in their network to talk to and what to say to them, right? When we ask our boards to help bring new people into the organization, well, and some of you have heard me talk about this, and I've done a number of trainings about this, board fundraising does not mean board members bring everyone they know into your organization. Not everyone they know is the right fit for your organization. Not everyone they know probably a small percentage of the people they know will actually have an affinity for your mission. What you actually want your board members to do is ask themselves, okay, of the people that I know, who's going to be most excited about this vision for impact, about these priorities, right? That's how you get them to feel comfortable reaching out to their friends and bringing people into their network. So that's how your strategic plan relates to your fundraising plan. Your true cost budget is what tells the story to major donors and to funders about the kind of investments you're looking for. It'll also help you determine which strategies to lean into, for example. There are certain strategies that might look good on paper, like a gala, but that actually have a much lower ROI. And if, for example, you know, based on your true cost budget, that you actually need to raise far more sort of admin money right? Money for more hires or money to invest in tech or IT, then you're going to need more general operating support. And that might suggest different strategies, a different kind of campaign. If you're looking to build out, you know, national expansion, again, looking into new communities, that might suggest strategies around micro communities and monthly donors in those 
neighborhoods and in those communities, right? The kind of impact that you want to have, the kind of work you want to do, and how much it costs should shape the kinds of fundraising strategies you lean into and how much you target within each of those strategies. So ultimately, the annual conversation between these three documents, their true alignment, is what creates a solid, unshakable core of clarity. Now, let's zoom back up to daily decisions. You have to figure out your hiring plan. And I keep going back to hiring because this is so top of mind for folks as we navigate this weird new normal of it being almost impossible <laughs> to find people for almost any position. So hiring is like really crazy hard for folks right now. So that's why I keep using this as an example. So you have to figure out your hiring plan. You've done the thinking about your program growth goals. You've mapped out from a strategic perspective who you need in order to achieve those goals, right? Now the overwhelm caused by having to figure out hiring on the fly is reduced because your decision has a strategic foundation. You can have honest conversations with potential donors about how supporting hiring the team you need will lead to the impacts they care about. You don't have to hide the ball and sort of hire in the shadows. You can craft campaigns and fundraising events aimed at specific priorities, like bringing on new social workers or expanding your program team, because you've already determined how much you need to raise and because you see the relationship between those hires and deeper impacts. And you can communicate that relationship. Right. Here are the priorities. Here are the decisions we need to make organizationally. Here's how much they cost. And this is why we're raising money the way we're raising. That alignment breeds clarity. It breeds calm in decision making. And most importantly, and this is one of the most exciting things about the this sort of alignment framework is it makes it easier for the leader to hand off the design and execution of strategies to people on their team because the foundational reasons, purpose, and end goals have already been clearly mapped out in the strategic plan and the budget and the fundraising plan, right? You can hand off the design and execution of an entire fundraising strategy to a development director or a fractional development staff, which I'm a huge fan of, because you've already done that alignment thinking and you can communicate that to them and then let them run with it. This delegation piece is one of the core levers of how foundational alignment impacts overwhelm or reduces overwhelm. Now, like I said, reducing overwhelm is a multi-pronged and ongoing endeavor. But here's the thing. You're guaranteed to be and feel more adrift in your decisions, your work planning, team management, your board engagement, even partnerships, if the core foundational strategic decisions and alignment isn't there right, if those decisions haven't been made. On the flip side, just like a fresh, clear well of water springs into fresh, clear water (laughs) at the surface, a clear well of clarity at your organizational core gives rise to simpler and clearer and much less overwhelming decisions in the long run. If you would like help, step-by-step help, implementing what we talked about, bringing your strategic plan, your annual work plan, your true cost budget, and your fundraising plan into alignment going into 2024, definitely check out my Aligned Anchors Strategy Bundle. You can get that at brookwitchybabbage.com backslash 
Anchor Bundle. That is it for today. I hope this was helpful and I will see you back here next week for more Mastermind. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. I always have so much fun doing these episodes. Definitely check out the links to all of the goodies that I mentioned in this episode. You can get that at brookrichiebabbage.com backslash podcast for the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode and think that you have a friend or colleague who would also enjoy, I would love if you would leave a review and share. Have a great week. 